What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Mailbag Saturday edition here of Fantasy Football Today. Your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Your Apple Podcast questions as well. Please leave us a five-star review with a non-keeper question, and we will most likely read it on the show. Adam Azer, Heath Cummings, and Dan Schneier. It is Friday morning for us, 10 a.m. Eastern, and we're uh, we're buzzing about the I'm not even going to say the Eagles game. The Patriots game, they played some team uh, who just didn't really, didn't show up. Played a lot of second teamers. But the Patriots quarterback situation, we will talk about that. And then we'll get to your questions. Heath, I'm glad to hear you're sounding better. I I kind of enjoyed that voice that you had earlier this week, but sounds like you're on the mend. It's really strange to hear that you enjoyed me being sick. That doesn't sound like <laughs> I you enjoyed at all. the voice. Um, no, I'm, I'm definitely feeling better going back uh, into the office. Shortly for uh, FFT at noon for the first time this week. So excited about it. All right. And Dan, you've got a, a if anybody's watching on YouTube, a Wisconsin Badgers American flag. Um, don't really know what to say about that. At least it's red and white. Well, what, what do you have? What's again? What do you have against it? I think it's a disgrace to our country. There's only one flag. <laughs> I think it's a disgrace to our country. Oh only one God. flag should fly, Dan Schneier. Oh, my God. I didn't think you were going to go there. Yes, wow. All right. Fantastic. Shots fired early, three minutes in. Okay. Yeah, it's funny that people don't get mad about it. People are just like, oh, yeah, it's a it's a sports team flag. That's cool. You know. All right. Anyway. I, I like it. Uh, I do, too. It's, it's a good, nice touch. Um, <clears throat> Jalen Hurts didn't play. He had a stomach infection. Uh, Mac Jones is, I thought, best throw. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe it wasn't his best throw. But for the second straight week, one of his best throws of the night was dropped. Uh, this was a deep ball to Nikhil Harry that Nikhil Harry dropped and hurt his arm, actually, on the play. But <clears throat> some people, I guess, thought it wasn't a great throw. It was certainly good enough. I, I didn't say. I said it was a – I can't say the word now. Worsak? Worsak? I wasn't talking about you. Apparently, I guess some people oh, thought it was yeah. overthrown. Yeah. Right? No, I'm serious. It. Yeah. It was slightly overthrown, I think. Okay. Well, anyway, Heath, give me a takeaway from the game. Um, excited about what I saw from Cam and Jacoby Myers, and excited that Devontae Smith was at full speed. Um, and his route running looked fantastic. His hands weren't ever hurt, so I don't care if he dropped a pass or two. Um, moved, moving Smith back up, feeling more confident <laughs> that Cam will start week one. 
and uh, more interested in Jacoby Myers as a late round PPR wide receiver. Dan, follow ups. Yeah, me and Heath have a similar key takeaway, which is Jacoby Myers. He's been on my sleeper list for a while. Now I'm moving him up even a few spots in my rankings. I really like what I saw from him. And then the other thing for me is Devontae Smith because, yeah, he had quote-unquote drops, but more importantly, what you saw is his ability to just separate so easily and so seamlessly at the line of scrimmage. That's going to win. That's going to win in the NFL. When you can do that, you're going to win. He didn't even need to use hands. There was no hands fighting. He didn't need to use hands fighting because he gets so much separation just with his feet. Oh, Devontae Smith, yeah, terrific route running. That was impressive stuff. And he did have two drops, but I think those were a little bit on Joe Flacco as well. Yes. And if I if I gave a trivia question, I wonder if this is deceiving. If I said, how many touchdowns has Jacoby Myers scored in his NFL career? What would you well, say? Well, the answer is zero. But he has thrown two touchdown passes. Do you consider those scored touchdowns? No. Yeah, So, but that's the thing. Like, I want to make it a trick question, so I don't know. How many touchdowns has Jacoby Myers accounted for in his career? Would that work? Produced. Produced. Yeah, that will work. Okay, <laughs> but he hasn't. Um, he has not uh, scored any touchdowns in his two the seasons. The problem with that trivia question is I think somebody that doesn't know the touchdown total is more likely to guess two than zero. They're more <laughs> likely to guess correct if you're trying to fool them. Jacoby Myers, in his last, I want to say, 10 games, he played 94% or more of the snaps in nine of his last 10 games or eight of his last nine games. He didn't leave the field. He had a really good year when you consider how bad the passing game was. And I took him right after the game in a, uh, in our best ball draft. That's you know, like three hours between picks and in, in round 13. Uh, so I think we're all, we're all uh, happy with what we've seen from Jacoby Myers. I, I wonder if he'd be the same with, with Mac Jones. Cause he obviously has a nice ke- chemistry with, Cam Newton. Any takeaways from the Eagles? Maybe their backfield. Miles Sanders only got two carries. Anything there, Heath? I don't think you can take anything away from it at all. I, I mean, <clears throat> I, no. It was interesting that Quez Watkins started with Devontae Smith, and that Jalen Rager did not play with yeah. the starters. The Rager, the Rager stuff was really interesting because you keep seeing all these camp highlights from him, all these incredible catches, but then. He's not running with that same team. So now you're wondering, you know, is that is it worth hyping him up? I thought what was interesting is really what you got from before the game, Adam and Heath, which was, you know, the breakdown of the snaps of the running back so far in camp. And Kenneth Gamewell has not been running at all with this first team offense. It's been all Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. So I know a lot of people had Kenneth Gainwell on their sleeper list. I wouldn't put him on there. I don't think he's going to make much of an impact as a rookie. But Gainwell did get a snap last night before Scott. He did last night, yeah. So that was a little bit different from what we've seen in camp, but I'll defer to so far what we've seen in more camp. But yeah, maybe it's a change in the guard. You're right. They mentioned on the broadcast that Jordan Howard was out of shape last year. He got he had a horrible year with the Dolphins, and he said he was out of shape. You can tell he's noticeably slimmer. So yeah. I think he's going to be really good when the Falcons sign him after the <laughs> Eagles cut him. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Uh, JK? Uh, okay, uh, other news. DeAndre Swift had a heavy workload in Thursday's practice, so that is good. Zach Stevens, who covers the Broncos, he thinks that Drew Locke is close to winning the starting job for week one. And Jets defensive end Carl Lawson is out for the season with a torn Achilles. That is really rough. That was a big free agent signing Rocks. for them, and it's bad for their defense for sure. Uh, I want to go back to Drew Locke. You know, could this be... Uh, people say, like, oh, Daniel Jones could be Josh Allen. Drew Locke, does he have a better chance of being some version yes. of, of Josh Allen? For sure. 
Oh, for sure. Ah, it's painful to hear. But I, I, I don't <laughs> necessarily disagree with that, but I also don't agree with I don't think either of them is going to be Josh Allen. I'll start by saying that. No. Right? And any chance to be anywhere <laughs> close to Josh Allen. Drew Locke, to me, I always thought he could be somebody who could look better in preseason the regular season. His issue is not arm talent versus somebody like uh, Jones, who kind of has that issue, or at least it's decent at best. Locke has an issue processing defenses. And when you get to the regular season, these defensive coordinators are going to start throwing a lot of different things at these quarterbacks that they're just not throwing now they're playing a lot of two man they're playing a lot of basic coverages you so. know he could get better at that though as he people matures. say that you could get a lot better at processing but uh how many examples of that do we have um I don't the know. only reason i so quickly said Locke is more likely than jones yeah. is because we've seen so many more games in the nfl from jones and Fair. he's thrown 300 more passes and so i'm more likely to believe he is what he is um but People won't like this, but I think I think the Daniel the most the only guy that could be Josh Allen this year is Kyler Murray. What does that mean? Well, Kyler Murray could have a big leap as a passer, like Josh oh, Allen. Oh, most oh. a big percentage of Kyler Murray's fantasy value has been his rushing. Yeah. Um, like Josh Allen's was the first two years. Kyler could be good as a passer this year. He was good yeah. as a passer last year. He was actually really good as a passer. He's last saying year. He, he's saying he takes the next jump as a passer. No, he, he doesn't. Think he, he, he doesn't think he was that good, but he doesn't Azer stat it because he was really good until he hurt his shoulder, and then he wasn't very good. Uh, but he, he has not been good for a full season yet. But he did have a good eight or nine game stretch. Yeah, it wasn't an eight or nine game stretch. It was when he was healthy. That's that's what it was. Uh, if you agree with that, then please join the podcast league. August thirtieth, eight p.m. Eastern. We're drafting. Submit something creative to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com or just submit anything you want and, you know, say you're a fan of the show, whatever it is. I'll pick a few sentimental entries, whatever. But fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That is the letter I. Please put podcast league in the subject line. If you can't make the draft, please don't submit. August 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern time. All right, time for some emails here. We'll do emails first, then Apple Podcast questions. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com is the email address. Dan, by the way, how do you think you are with Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes? Horrifically bad. Oh, okay, yeah. I kind of figured <laughs> Just going to be honest with you, it's a little uh, before my time. <laughs> All right, Zach says, Dear Adam, Ray, Gordy, and Alex, and those apparently are names of Arnold Schwarzenegger characters, and I can't really think of any of them. Adam, Ray, Gordy, and Alex? I have no idea. Um, my all-time favorite Schwarzenegger quote, you should not drink and bake from a movie called Raw Deal in 1984. Also never heard of it. But the question at least is good. Half PPR league, Jerry, Judy, or Cortland Sutton? I'll tackle this first. I'm team Judy here for sure. I I actually have Sutton on my avoid list this season until I see some different reports coming out of camp or maybe I see something from the preseason film I'm going to watch a him that changes my mind from everything I've read so far from Broncos beat reporters from everyone who's there at camp he just looks a step slower he looks like he, he's a little bit kind of less explosive getting in and out of his gate I don't I, I need to see more from Sutton to know that he's back to full health before I buy into his hype so for me right now it's Judy for sure this I hesitated so long because I've been hesitating so long to adjust Cortland Sutton I've kind of given him one more week and one more week and let's see if he plays this weekend is kind of where I'm at. If if he doesn't play this weekend or if he plays this weekend and looks like what some of the reports have indicated, then it will be Judy for me. Right now I have Sutton like one spot ahead, but they're both in the wide receiver three range for me right now. It is kind of funny. Yeah, it's just that Sutton had a thousand yards, six touchdowns, eleven hundred yards and six touchdowns in twenty nineteen. 
Jerry Judy didn't, you know, didn't really produce last year. But I get it. And then the second part of the question was, what about taking both of them? Would you consider doing that? I wouldn't want to be investing that heavily into the Broncos passing game. So, no, I, I personally would not do that. I'm not even as high on Judy as others are because of the Broncos passing game. He's starting to move up into, like, top 75 range. And once he gets into that range and higher as people continue to buzz about him, it's just you're buying into a bad passing game that may be changing quarterbacks midseason. It's just I don't want two players in that passing game. Yeah, I was um, I was trying to get a gauge of where everybody's at on Devontae Smith this morning, so I ran a couple yeah. polls. And I had Judy against Beckham against Devontae Smith, and Judy got 54% of the vote over <laughs> both those guys. Where do you, which, uh, which one do you think I'd select? Uh, I would assume that you would take Devontae Smith. Uh, 100%. Yeah. I go Beckham, so we're all different. Oh, wow. I, but I do think, like, the thing is, we, we've had some rookie wide receivers who have been awesome the last couple of years. And so I think that maybe we've just kind of forgotten that a lot of times rookie wide receivers are bad, and yet they're still good later in their career. Um, I don't know that I really think Devonte Smith's better prospect coming in this year than Jerry Judy was last year. I don't know for sure that Jalen Hurts Fair. is going to be a better quarterback for a wide receiver than Drew Locke is. Um, so I, so fair. I'm pretty torn on those two. Okay, let's go to Not our next question uh, from Brian in Washington D.C. Dear Dutch, John, Harry, and T101. So Dutch is Predator. T101 is, I'm guessing, the first Terminator. And I don't know John and Harry. Harry. Is that Kindergarten Cop? I don't know. Uh, salary cap draft question. If you knew you wanted to devote $80 out of 200 on two running backs, would you rather have two 40-ish dollar running backs like Gibson, Mixon, Najee Harris... Or maybe Clyde Edwards Elair. So let's say like two second round running backs. Or maybe fifty-five to sixty dollars on someone like Zeke, and then twenty to twenty-five dollars on Henderson, Carson, or Dobbins. It's a good question here. Would you rather have a round one and a round four or two round two guys? I would rather have McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook and whatever yeah. else I could have left. Yeah, if you're going to pay up, I'm with Heath. You should get McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook instead of Zeke, especially if it's in that range where it's 15 more, 20 more for Zeke versus the Gibson types, and then obviously probably only 5 to 10 more for McCaffrey. And I really like Henderson, so I, I mean, if you could pair him with Henderson, I love that. All right, let's get to our next email, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And it is from Marcus from a city in Ohio that just had its baseball team uh, change its name. Yeah. That'll be Cleveland. Dear John, Julius, Howard, and Dutch. Okay, these are War Arnold characters. Julius is from Twins. Yeah. Dutch is Predator still. I don't know Howard, I don't think. Who is John? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, that's obviously when we should know. Arnold Schwarzenegger character. John. John Matrix? Oh, John, John Matrix from Commando. Commando, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, why don't more leagues ditch kickers and DSTs? I've been in the same league for about 15 years. We slowly devalued kickers and DSTs each year until a couple of years ago where we eventually got rid of them and added a flex position in their place. Why are these positions still a thing, and why do we accept some 30, 40-point swings in matchups due to a fluky defense and or kicking performance? There's one guy on this podcast that can answer this question with a bit of enthusiasm, so I'm going to let him because I don't know. 
I'm with Eve. I don't think oh, yeah, either should be in place. So, yeah, Adam, go ahead. Uh, I I just don't have a problem with them. To say a 30 to 40 point swing, that is pretty dramatic. That happens very, very rarely. I I especially eh. I especially like DSTs. I, I could see getting rid of kickers, but I especially like DSTs. There's not really a ton of strategy involved with kickers, but I think DSTs could have a big impact. And hey, that you know, it's one way to get defense on your team, unless you want to do IDP. I don't really love IDP. I would not get rid of DST, but I'm fine with getting rid of kickers. I'd rather can have I, three. Can I give IDPs. you a stat? Yeah. Go ahead. Can I give you a stat that might change your mind on DSTs, Adam? Because my biggest issue with DST is that we don't invest anything in them. They're either a last round pick or a one or two dollar uh, uh, salary cap bid, and then. <clears throat> A stat that Scott Barrett had a couple, you know, I think this was two or three weeks ago. Over the last five years, only they have DSTs have the lowest rate of DSTs drafted in the, with top five ADP that actually finish in the top five overall at the end of the season. It was 17.5%. So it's really just turns into a crapshoot there, and you're not investing much in the draft. So you're just adding a lot more variance that you don't need in a game that already has so much variance. Right. That is a very. If it was more predictable, I'd be on board with it. Yeah, just, no, because that's what we want in fantasy. We want boring predictability. <laughs> like, why would we want volatility and unpredictability when we're playing a fun game? Actually, I don't care about DSTs when I draft them, but I do okay. think they are a fun weekly waiver wire uh, scenario. And sometimes you can find a DST that has three or four good matchups in a row, and you might throw down 7% of your fab or something like that on that DST. I mean, I have done that. So and thank you for reminding me that I need to get the Rams into my uh, final bust column because every year I put the number one defense in the bust column because <laughs> they're getting drafted in round eight like the Rams are right now. <laughs> okay, here's a an email from Ken in Maryland, and his subject was triggered by Azer, hmm. and he says can relate. Yep, yeah, I thought I had a feeling. <laughs> Dear Victor, Jack, Dutch, and Julius. Like, this is like the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing is, is really funny to me. I don't know who Victor is. I don't know who Jack is, but I, I do like Dutch. That is the one I know. So I'm going to have an opportunity to uh, defend myself. Love the show, but I have to tell you an argument Adam leans on heavily that causes me to see red with rage. <laughs> when discussing a player's value like Travis Kelsey, he will run to running back ranks and say he would be RB14 and shouldn't be a first rounder. Okay, quick pause. If I said that, that's only a non-PPR because he's not RB14. I think that might be the case in non-PPR. That He's much better than that in full PPR. I don't necessarily believe that Kelsey should be a first rounder in non-PPR, but I absolutely do not understand the value of evaluating where Kelsey would end up in running back ranks since no one is playing him at running back. Where would Austin Eckler be in the quarterback rankings? Answer, it doesn't matter. What matters is how much better Kelsey is in relationship to the other tight ends opposed to how much better the running backs and wide receivers in that area are. Um, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I understand your point. My point is, with your first-round pick, you should not take someone that scores as many points as RB14, even if he has a big edge on the rest of the position. With your first-round pick, you should take a much higher-scoring player than that. And if you think that that's not wise, then you should go back and listen to our value-based drafting podcast, um, listeners, because that kind of tackles this issue. <coughs> when would you take Kelsey in a non-PPR league? It's right around the one-two turn. Um, definitely before running back 14. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I can't name 14 running... Well, fine. 
Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to. I'm not saying you should take 14 running backs ahead of him. I'm just saying he doesn't score enough points, in my opinion, in non PPR to warrant a first round pick. I I understand that, and I don't. I think the thing is, and this is this goes back to like my home league. Still, like seven of the 13 teams, maybe eight, are going to take a quarterback in the first round. Um, It's still the way that it works. How are you friends with these people? Quarterbacks are going to score a hundred more points than the rest of these guys. uh, it's, yes, I know, but I'm not even going to get into the argument. Like, why don't we just that. compare um, Saquon Barkley to QB no, scoring? No, right? But, but that's what this guy's saying. Yeah, but and it's that's different. Why value based drafting <laughs> is a very good way to kind of mesh those things. It was a great episode. You should listen to it. Next email is from Richard in California. 14 team non PPR. Another Arnold uh, greeting. I'm not even going to read it. 14-team non-PPR Dynasty League. I was offered A.J. Brown for Najee Harris straight up. It's a three-receiver league. Who would you rather have in a 14-team non-PPR Dynasty League, A.J. Brown or Najee Harris? Man, my all my Dynasty rankings are PPR-based, and it's difficult to... Um, I think you still start three wide receivers, and so I would still go with Brown. He should have a much longer career, a much longer time as a top five option, and Harris isn't even there yet. Yeah, I'm on A.J. Brown here. I think you have a more guaranteed uh, timeline with him, just like Heath basically said there. I mean, look at some of the other running backs we've recently come to the league. I mean, James Conner had big-time dynasty value going into last year. I remember in a startup I was in, he went for – exceptional price and then the 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 manager tried to trade him all season couldn't find a couldn't find a partner and now he's dead basically dynasty wise value so i'm with heath here all right this is from kyle he seems like excuse me actually kyle's email says seems like the sickness has been going around on on the podcast lately hope you guys feel better soon i'm getting there i still have this lingering cough kyle wants to know how you would pick uh from pick 10 or later in a half PPR or a full PPR league, he says he likes the wide receivers better at that point. You know, give him a little bit of strategy. And I think yesterday's show hopefully will help you, the the pick-by-pick breakdown. But if you have pick 10, 11, 12 in a half or a full PPR league, what, what are you aiming to do? I would love it if I could get um, – I mean, ideally, I'd get two of the three of Adams, Hill, and Kelsey. And that happens in some leagues. It's um, It's less – likely to happen in a full PPR league, but that would be the ideal start. I'm I'm probably going to end up, even if I don't get two of those, with someone like Diggs or DeAndre Hopkins or A.J. Brown in round two. Um, so it's an excellent place, probably the best place in full PPR to do a zero RB build. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you have to do it. No, I'm just saying it's so probably which running So which running backs, if they're like Barkley and Jonathan Jones... Okay, Aaron Jones. What about Barkley and Taylor or Eckler? Taylor yeah, like and Eckler, yes. Barkley for me, no. Still I'd s- put Barkley in that mix, but I understand the hesitancy with Barkley. Still second round Saquon for you, Heath? I've got him uh, 17th overall. Whoa, 17th Saquon for you. Okay. I think his ADP is 12th, so I'm not actually that far off. But <clears throat> Okay, Travis in Western North Carolina. I am drafting this year and really trying to use my position tiers. I'm in a 10-team PPR league. I really want a top six tight end. I always seem to wait too long. Which team would you rather start with? Team one, two top 10 running backs, three top ten wide, re- three top 20 wide receivers, or t- team two, two top 10 running backs, two top 20 wide receivers, 
and a top six tight end. So the examples he gave were picking second overall, draft, this is 10 teams, so he can pull this off. Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. Team A would be Cook and Mixon, Justin Jefferson, (coughs) pardon me, Justin Jefferson, Robert Woods, and Deontay Johnson. Team B would be Cook and Mixon again, George Kittle instead of Jefferson, and then Amari Cooper and Tyler Lockett. I don't know why you wouldn't just go with Woods and Deontay Johnson like you did in the first team, but would you rather have Justin Jefferson or would you rather have George Kittle to go along with two running backs and two receivers? So this kind of goes back to if you believe in the tight end advantage or not and if you want to invest in that. Uh, But for me, I still, and I, I believe in that. I'm on team, get one of these elite tight ends, but... I only have two. I got Waller and Kelsey. I'm not high on Kittle for a new for a number of reasons. We went over this on one of the uh, previous podcasts. I don't think when they switch over to Lance, which will be sooner rather than later, it could even be week one. I don't think that's a good thing for Kittle. Um, so I'm just kind of staying clear of him at his current ADP. I also think that his current ADP doesn't at all bake in his continuous, his injury history and the fact that it's been a lot of multiple injuries to the same spot, like his foot. He's had two major foot injuries. So I I don't know. I think his ADP is still a little too high for me. Yeah. Is he he a 10 team? Yeah. Because I would take Jefferson over Kittle in a 12 team, but I think in a 10 team, wide receivers just so deep. I would go Kittle in a 10 team. This is from Ben, Ben Farbowitz. I'm in a 10-team PPR redraft league. I've heard multiple takes on Kyle Pitts. At what point in the draft are you comfortable taking Kyle Pitts? Heath just had this opportunity last night. Uh, Round seven. Yeah. For Heath. Lasted around seven? I'm earlier on that. Oh, two QBs. Okay. All right. So in a one QB league, would you take him in round six, Heath? I don't really want to know. Okay. How about you? I'm taking him as early as round five. I'm a big fan of Pitts, and I understand I'm going against history. I actually talked about this with Chris the other day. You would need to have, like, basically a outlier seat, uh, definitely an outlier season for rookie tight ends. But I just believe in the talent. I believe in the scattering report. I watched a lot of Kyle Pitts because I thought he might be coming to the Giants at first. So I, I really have a good feeling about him doing it early. You know, uh, I know, like, Chris, for example, has made the comparison. Vernon Davis may have been the last incredibly elite tight end prospect. Kellen Winslow, too. <clears throat> I looked this morning. Uh, Vernon Davis was on such a bad pass offense in his rookie season. They didn't even throw for 3,000 yards. They threw 16 touchdown passes that year. Alex Smith quarterbacking the 49ers back in 2006, I believe. So Pitts just has a... Look, Heath always says he has to have the best rookie season in tight end history, except for maybe Ditka before the merger. To break even. Yeah, to to break even. And I just think that he's the most likely guy to do it. He's got a good situation, and he's... Is he the best tight end prospect ever? I don't don't know. It might turn out that he is, but... He's uh, he's certainly in the conversation as the best tight end prospect ever, and he might just be the best tight end prospect ever. And I think Um, one interesting thing with Pitts is like, We've seen data that's that's shown us and led us to believe that tight end, as far as like predicting tight ends in fantasy, it's good to get the tight ends who are detached from the formation, lined up more in the slot, not the inline guys. And what we've seen from Falcons camp is he's been lined up in the slot. He's been lined up outside as a receiver where he, by the way, beat two top 15, uh, you know, two of the top cornerbacks in this draft class. He beat them 
while lined up as a receiver in the SEC. So if he continues to get all those snaps out there and Hayden Hurst is kind of used as that inline guy and they run a lot of 12 personnel with two tight ends, which we expect from Arthur Smith, I think he's going to have a really big season and kind of almost be like a wide receiver, which I know a lot of people have said, and I, I can see it happening. Okay. And let's go to, do we have any more emails? No, we do not. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will read your Apple podcast questions. We really appreciate these. They help us very much. You could also help us by telling your friends about our show. Um, yeah, we want to keep, keep climbing the charts. Uh, so we'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now a look at your Apple Podcast questions. And starting with Chris in a town east of Hartford. Mm. London. London. Yep. Is east of Hartford. I have the number six pick in two of my leagues. Both are PPR, one's 10-team, one's 12-team. Am I crazy to take Aaron Jones there? My other options would be Adams or Kelsey. No. No, not at all. That's that's where I have him as sixth. I, I and this is um, your call, but I would probably not take Aaron Jones in both leagues. Yeah, I'd probably take Aaron Jones in one at when, and then Kelsey or Adams in the other. That's always an interesting call, yeah. I have a lot of Zeke already, which I like, but, you know, he's he's not without risk. But, okay, uh, moving on. From Fantasy Hitman Phil. My main league has always done reverse standings waiver wire priority. That means if you're doing well, you never get one of the top six waiver picks. When I brought it up last year, the commission said it was way more fair to do it this way than doing rolling waivers. But I don't see how it's more fair to reward the worst teams each and every single week, by the way, while also taking away the strategy of continuous waivers and planning your picks. What side are you on? Ideally, we would use FAB, but I know that's not an option in my league. That's where I was going to go with it. So he's take over. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I get so irritated by this. But I do think like the thing it has going for it is this is the way the NFL does it, right? That's kind yeah. of like the dynasty format with your rookie redraft picks. I mean, right. rookie draft <clears throat> picks. So I don't really like it. I would prefer if it didn't. Like the problem is for me when it resets every Sunday, if it would just stay continuous, then, I, then I'd be okay with starting out that way but it resets every sunday i really don't like it but i get it yeah i i I don't really feel at the end of the day this is completely anecdotal i have no evidence and i don't know that you even could but i don't really feel at the end of the day that it gives the bad teams that much of an advantage and that it hurts the good teams the good teams are gonna are gonna keep being good but 
Yeah, there are some really impactful players that come available on waivers. You know, a lot of times we're wrong about it too. Just face facts. You know, we spend a lot of fab on players that don't pan out. We spend our first waiver wire priority on players that don't pan out. Like this could save you from dropping Justin Jefferson for Peyton Burke. Good. Absolutely. I wasn't the only one who dropped Justin Jefferson. His owner, his roster percentage got down to, I believe, 39% after week two. It started at about 59%. From You're AJ, never going to live that one down, Adam. I should. I don't deserve to. <laughs> From AJ in the birthplace of college football. Isn't that New Jersey? No, I don't think so. Why I don't you think, think so that? either. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> I would assume it's the Northeast. I was thinking it's the Midwest. I might be way off on this. Oh, gee, I, the guy with the big Wisconsin flag in the background? I wonder why. <laughs> I'm pro Midwest. I don't think the Midwest even existed. Um, Jersey might have been the Midwest when college football was invented. Well, the Rose Bowl is like 120 years old, right? Oh, yeah, it is. I knew it. It's Rutgers. It is New Jersey. Really? Yeah. Good job, Adam. Woo. And then I doubted myself, like my Justin Jefferson analysis <laughs> last year. Okay, I knew some people in my league will start taking defenses before the final two rounds. Is there a streaming defense I can draft outside the top eight that has a good start to the schedule where I could presumably leave them in for the first three to four weeks? And I just saw this yesterday. There is a team. I don't know if you guys have one. But Seattle was kind of my go-to when we thought Wentz and Quentin Nelson wouldn't be ready. Um, I, I don't know. Is the, are the Broncos a top eight DST for you? Very close. Okay, so maybe they're borderline, but they start with the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Broncos. That's they should be a top eight DST for me, just based on that alone. Yeah, it is at the Giants, so and at the Jaguars. That's a lot of travel. Ooh, that's two cross country trips. I have them fifth, <laughs> but they're I think outside the top eight in ADP. So, okay, I don't know if there are any other teams that you like. Any other DSTs? <clears throat> I, I mean, the Browns, I don't know if they're a top eight for you. People no. are going to shy away from them because they have the Chiefs in week one, but then they have the Texans and the Bears, I think, right after that, and I think they're going to be awesome. You're going to tell people to draft two defenses, aren't you? I'm not going to tell you to draft two defenses. If you draft the Browns and you've got an empty roster spot, maybe you have an IR spot or something like that, you can move someone to IR. I don't think it's the worst idea to just keep two DSTs for one week. Plus, it'll be easy to know who to drop when you make your waiver claims on Tuesday. <laughs> okay, from Grant. Uh, dear Michael, Wayne, Nicole, and Rashad. Oh, these this is the Adam superhero team. That's pretty funny. I like that. These are the... Pitman, Gallman, Hardman, Bateman. I generally tend to stream defenses every year based on early... This is... Is this serious? I didn't even you read this... No, I didn't read it. If that's what you want to Who are DSTs? The Broncos and uh, the Browns, but the Browns you won't want to start week one, so you might have to go with two defenses. Ooh, but that's then, a good idea. You'll know, you'll know who to drop after week one. That's a good idea. I'm sorry. I can't believe that we put two DST back to back. All right, here we go. From GB128. Dynasty trade questions. Uh, I have Mahomes in a full PPR double flex league. My best running back is Fournette. That's not good. But I have Adams, Evans, Cup, and Juju at wide receiver. I do good enough to always miss out on a top rookie draft position, so I never get a good rookie prospect. What do you think Mahomes' trade value is? 
And who are some good late-round streaming DSTs? No, just kidding. What do you think Mahomes' trade value is in a dynasty league? I think you're looking at the... Like, I'll answer the question in just a minute, but I think you're looking at it the wrong way. Um, you've got <clears throat> Evans and Cup um, and Adams, I think, are all 28 years old. They've all got maybe a two- to three-year window of what they've been. If you trade Mahomes, you're probably not... Like, I would sell the wide receivers rebuild with younger wide receivers and keep Mahomes because he's got 10 years left. Um, but Mahomes trade value. Yeah. You sh you should be able to get, um, I think you'd be able to get multiple firsts for him in dynasty. I'm right. with Heath. I, I don't think you should be looking to build. You should be looking to build around Mahomes, not trade him. You have a piece that's, and from my experience as somebody who has a lot of Mahomes in dynasty, um, I, I, you don't, I don't think you're ever going to get the offer you're expecting with Mahomes because of the position he plays, especially this one sounds like double flex, but one quarterback, not one of those doesn't sound like a super flex. So I think you hang on, you build through Mahomes and you trade some of those high end receivers who, like Heath said, are getting up there in age. All right, Heath, I think, uh, you are free to go if you need to. We have two questions left. You want to hang around? I know Heath has to get to the studio for HQ. Uh, this is from Jay Utah 31. Why is Jerry Judy being valued lower than Robbie Anderson, making a Teddy Bridgewater connection? Same quarterback for both, but theoretically more talent for Judy. I think you nailed it when you were going over the Sutton-Judy debate earlier, Adam. I mean, we've seen it from Robbie Anderson last year. We haven't totally seen it, at least at the NFL level, from Judy yet. And finally, from Edward Vento, dear Christian, Gio, Weston, and Tyler. <laughs> These are what? Right over my head. Christian, Geo, Weston, and Tyler. I have the ninth pick in a PPR draft. In mock drafts I've done, I'm usually left with a choice between Jonathan Taylor, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. Talk me into the right one. Jonathan Taylor, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams in a PPR draft. I mean, it's Adams for me. If you looked at last season when he was healthy, he was putting up easily. I mean, for full point PPR, he's top six in my mind, overall player. Um, I don't see any reason why that's going to change too much. The Packers didn't add too much at the wide receiver spot. Roger's still there. Their rapport is unbelievable. Adam separates credibly well. And last year, actually, his red zone usage went up. So to me, it's Adams. Christian, Gio, Weston, and Tyler are U.S. men's national team soccer players. Oh, okay. I would also okay. take Adams here. The argument against Adams is that the wide receiver that you could get in round two, in my opinion, is more attractive than the running back because I do think if you're picking ninth, that means you're picking, what, 15th? No, 16th? 13th? Yeah. <clears throat> I still think you're going to get a top five guy. So that's Hopkins, Diggs, or, or Ridley. If not... Then you're talking Metcalf, Jefferson, A.J. Brown. But the running backs you're going to be looking at at that point are probably Gibson, Some, not all of them, but Gibson, Najee Harris, yeah. Mixon, and who am I forgetting? That's probably the, probably the big three right there. Clyde Edwards-Elair, if you, if you like him. No, nah, it's a stretch, I think. Yeah, I mean, if, if you like him, that's the only if place you, you can take him. him. You're not getting him to the third round, right? But, but yeah, he's, he's a little bit later than that. So... If you'd rather have Jonathan Taylor and, and maybe Calvin Ridley compared to Najee Harris or Joe Mixon or Antonio Gibson and Devontae Adams, that's the argument to take Taylor. But Adams could have literally 100 more catches than 
Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Maybe maybe more like 85 to 90, but in a 17-game season, you know, yeah, maybe more like 85 more catches than Taylor. So that helps. Okay, and that is it for today's show. Thanks to Heath. Thanks to Dan. Good job, Dan. Thank you. Uh, you didn't kill me too much. You took Daniel Jones ahead of Derek Carr in our 2QB league yesterday. Of course I did. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Jones is awesome. Why would I take... Why, I think Jones is being slept on a little bit, I'll be honest with you, because he has some rushing upside. Is, there, is everyone forgetting that? Aren't we looking for quarterbacks with rushing upside? He does, have, he does yeah. I just also... Yeah. I, I, if you had taken Carr, I probably would have taken Jones. I was happy to take Derek Carr. I want to say Derek Carr consistently top... He's like an 18 to 20 per game kind of guy. So if you... He's not great. Twenty game. Well, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. No, what, no, no. What are we talking six point passing TDs. Yeah, please? I mean, I can tell you exactly okay. what he's what he's done. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've looked this up. So We're in a two QB league, I, he, I never would draft him in a one QB league. But in a two QB league, you know, you could do worse than Derek Carr. And if you if you have Daniel Jones and Jones stinks, like you can't just go to the waiver wire and replace him. <laughs> that is true. In two QB leagues, you can never go to the wire. I want to talk more about the two QB league next week. It was a pretty interesting draft, and I look forward to doing that. I look forward to having that having that chat with the listeners. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will talk to you on Monday on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.